You are about to hear a program that was pre-recorded earlier this year. Welcome to the Corner of Truth and Courage, hosted by Tom and Tyler. Over the next few days, we will examine instances where our government exceeds its constitutional limits through its policies. If we passively observe without taking action, we risk losing our freedoms. The first area under attack is our freedom of speech. We see individuals facing job loss and other forms of harassment merely for expressing their opinions, particularly deeply rooted religious beliefs. We are instructed to follow the science when the government aims to impose restrictions on our lives, even in cases where the scientific consensus is not definitive. However, when the government tries to enforce ideas contradicting well-established scientific principles, Science is totally disregarded. It is now crucial for us to step up and make our voices heard. Welcome to the Corner of Truth and Courage with Tom and Tyler. We are here with you another week uh, with another topic. And uh, this is a very interesting one, controversial topic that we're going to start the week off. There is an article written in the New American. Apparently there is a professor who for the last 20 years has been teaching about X and Y chromosomes, how they determine if a, if a person is going to be male or female. It sounds like there were several students that were in that class. They kind of had an uproar about it and took that to the higher-ups, and that person got fired for, for teaching that. And a matter of fact, they even interviewed the person and said, you know, Kyle, what, what did the letter say? There was a letter sent to him, and it didn't really say anything other than you're offensive and have a nice day. A very interesting topic there, and like I said, very controversial. And I know that you've got a lot of thoughts on this, as do I, but let me pass it off to you. Brother Wallace, what, what do you have to say about this incident here? Well, you know, isn't it interesting that the left, the liberal loony left, mm-hmm. is always telling us, follow the science. Follow the science. Yeah. That's what they, you know, the drum they beat on during COVID, right? Yeah. You know, mask up, be afraid, get in line, follow what the government's telling you. We know best. Take your injections, you know, and all that type of stuff there. Don't speak against what we're telling you to do. Follow the science, Mm -hmm. right? Now they don't want us to follow the science. Isn't that interesting? When it comes to transgenderism, the science doesn't fit because of the way that the uh, loony leftists, they're, they're following the rules of Saul Alinsky. We'll talk about him, the rules for radicals. And we mm-hmm. live in a day where the ridiculing of truth, the ridiculing of those who speak out against truth, to polarize them mm-hmm. as evil. You're getting fired now in America for teaching fact. Mm-hmm. It's, this has nothing to do with religion. Mm-hmm. This is science. He's in a science class. He's a professor. He's been teaching this for two decades. Mm -hmm. And the college dismisses him because he's not following the new political agenda of today. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20 warned us of things like this. Woe to them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. I mean, bitter and sweet, this is not, um, you know, you, you can't say, well, that's a subjective thing. No, it's either bitter or it's sweet. Um, either something's right or it's wrong. Either it's light or it's dark. You can't, you know, uh, it, logically, these things cannot be done. But yet we live in a day where we're trying to call 
wrong, good, and light, dark, and dark, light, and stuff. We're just simply saying, well, because I say it so, makes it so. They want to make their own truth. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, one thing that sticks out to me about it, too, is, so obviously this professor's been doing it for 20 years. My guess is that there's been someone in their class before that maybe didn't agree with that to, to some degree. You know, maybe had a transgender type thing going on. But I think what makes it stick out to me most is the only time there was an issue is when someone squawked, right? So, so once, once somebody complains, then there's action taken and without really having the knowledge of it at all. Does that make sense? I mean, for transgenderism didn't just start. This has been going on for quite some time. Um, but because of, because of the, the uproar that these, I think it was four or five students made, a person lost their job almost instantly about it, which is something that they've been teaching for 20 years. And it's an interesting point. I never even thought of it until you just said it. This is the, the first thing I can think of where they say, yeah, science, 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 and even science doesn't make sense with what you're trying to say. So, you're, so really what you're proving is it's not science, but you are the one, like you said, who's determining what's right or wrong. Anyone who says anything against that can lose their job. I think someday eventually their life is what we're going to end up coming to. And, uh, and it's just interesting the way, the, the way that that's come and done, well, done there. Tyler, where this is leading. It's very similar to like a Hitler type of life. Mm -hmm. You know, under Nazism, if you don't bend to what the mainstream government is saying, this is how it is. Mm -hmm. Even though it's not the way it is. But they, because they say it, this is how it's going to be. Okay, during uh, Hitler's day, we're going to call every Jew evil and wicked and vile and not human. Mm -hmm. And they started rounding them up and eventually killing them systematically and stuff. And the rest of the Germans, I mean, when Hitler got elected, he only got elected with 17% of the vote. Mm -hmm. This is one of the problems when you have a multiplicity of different smaller uh, parties and stuff there. So you're not really looking for a large majority there. But they, he got in with a small part. But then after he got in and had power, now had range of power, he began seizing more power. And anyone who spoke out against it, they knew this isn't right. Mm -hmm. um, when they spoke out against it before long, then they began to disappear and stuff. And more and more fear breeds and stuff. This is the issue. We're, we're, lit, we're moving into those kinds of days when false things are being treated. This is right. This is, this is the way it is. Yeah. And if we don't speak out against it now... While we have an opportunity, while we still have the Second Amendment, uh, the First Amendment here in our country, and the Second Amendment <laughs> to protect us to uh, carry out our First Amendment, um, if we, th this is what's bothering me. America is shifting fast into dangerous, dangerous waters, and that's. W uh, I guess if there's a message I want to get across to our listeners is, wake up, wake up, America. Because our freedoms are going to be lost if we continue to allow this nonsense to carry yeah. on. Let me put you on the spot with a question. Okay, we've talked about before kind of my generation, um, maybe even a generation below me. They're kind of entitled. They're a little bit more hands-off, not so involved in politics and those things. Unless, unless you're on the left side, then you're very involved. But let me, I'm going to ask you a, a simple question, but, but, it, but this question comes to my mind. So we keep talking about, well, we need to make a stand. We need to, we need to do this. We need to do that. Number one, what is it that we're supposed to do? And number two, what is it going to change? That's what people my generation are asking, 
right? That that's the way. That's the way. What what is it that it's actually going to change? Is it going to make these people go away? Is it just going to slow down the process? I mean, what if I you know if if we as Christians take the stand that we should, and I'm not against that. I think we should do that. But my question to you is, what is it going to do? Well, the we're not going to alter everything back the way it should be, like we've got a magic wand, and you know we're going to just wave it, and America is going to return back to you know, apple pie and picket fences and, you know, and mom's, uh, 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 you know, family's happy at home and and uh, husbands are still married and still in their role. Mm-hmm. We're not going to wave a magic wand and make that happen overnight. But we have, the, the point is we've slowly let slip bit by bit. We've been on a slippery slope for some, some time. We've been on this downgrade. What does it matter if I take a stand there? our future and our kids' future. Um, America has, you know, some people say we've gone too far. We've gone past the point of no return, that it's impossible. No. I believe God can bring a sweeping revival, the Holy Spirit moving of God, an awakening that will shake America to its core. But it must begin first in uh, in the church house. Now, you say to the younger generations, what's interesting, I came across something, and I spoke of this not too long ago. Um, Barna uh, did a, uh, one of their studies on evangelism. Mm-hmm. The one group of people that's doing more evangelism today than any group, my generation, and uh, so we're, you know, less than, I think it's something like 20% of us actually witness, share the faith. But it is the uh, younger generation, our teenagers and college-age kids today, that are more active in evangelism in America than any other group. Hmm. And that gave me hope. You know, it's like, wow, that's refreshing. Because everything I've been reading about the um, younger generations has been very uh, startling and and, uh, and d- disconcerting. Let me tell you something. And I, I'm not going to say it right because, I, you know, I... I it's it's neat how this is said. It's best read, but I'm going to try to explain it this way. A uh, person is saying, you know, well, my great-grandfather, you know, rode a camel or he walked to school and stuff, and then my, my father did this again. But I drive a, you know, a, uh, a Chevy, you know, and they, they walk to school. I drive a Chevy. My son will drive, it drives a Mercedes, mm-hmm. and his uh, son will be, driving, you know, a you know, fancy car or whatever and stuff there. But his great, but my great-grandson will be walking to school. And the point is this, is that hard times make strong men. Mm-hmm. Strong men create weak times or, or weak men because we have great times and stuff. We don't have to work for it. We don't appreciate it. And you keep asking this question about the younger generation, your generation. What does it matter? What do we do? You know, what, what what's involved in it? Well, I think what's going to happen is when they get hungry, when they, you know, things don't work, they go to the store and there's no food in the shelves and um, their Internet's not working. Their phone's not working. Everything that they've taken for granted. I mean, you probably grew up in a, in a generation where you've always had cell phones mm-hmm. there, uh, you know. <laughs> Mostly, uh, yeah. Maybe, okay. <laughs> you know, you're not that young. But um, but the point is there is that there's a great host of people who have had so many conveniences and so many things there. And truth, who cares about that? Who cares about politics? Who cares about any of these things? And they're going to wake up one day and not have those things. 
and then they're not going to know what to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be generations. They won't know how to grow food. They won't know how to do the basic things in life. They don't know how to live without a cell phone, much less live out without electricity. Mm-hmm. And there'll be uh, some great hardships. If, th- if that day comes, there'll be some huge... Uh, um, there'll be many people will die in the streets because they'll be fighting and and anarchy. We think there's trouble now, mm-hmm. you know, and we we better wake up now. I'm not trying to paint a picture of all gloom and doom, but if things continue in the direction where it's going, mm-hmm. Tyler, I fear we're heading that way, and that's why here at Fortress of Faith we've been trying to wake people up and warn people to the truth and to alert them to what is. Right. And I want to take a moment to say this to our listeners. There is hope. You know, when we see situations like this happen in our colleges, we need to fight against the evil. We need to speak out against it. We shouldn't um, be silent. That's the big point that I want us to make. Edmund Burke, who said so eloquently and so the, the truth it just rings so loud and needful for today, all that's necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And this is what I'm hoping that we will create here at Fortress of Faith is an army of people who are concerned, who are saying, you know, I'm not going to be silent. When that time comes to speak up, I'm going to speak up. And I'm going to stand with my pastor. I'm going to stand with my congregation against evil and wickedness when it shows up in my community. And if it's already here, then I'm going to make a stand now. If I've been silent, I'm going to stop being silent, and I'm going to do what's right. Speak the truth with love and stand for righteousness. Well, the clock tells us that we're going to have to stop here. We'll be back again tomorrow at the corner of Truth and Courage. You just listened to a pre-recorded program from earlier this year. 